You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello, uh, hope you're doing well. Welcome to today's episode where we're going to be talking about the art of delegation and learning to let go. Now, you're, if you're, you know, if you're, uh, a bit like me, a bit of a control freak, then you don't like letting go. You don't like passing things down because you know you can do it better. And that's how I was when I first kind of started out. I, uh, I didn't think anyone could do it better than me. And so I was averse to delegating because I just thought, well, I can do it faster. Uh, it's easier if I just get it done. Uh, you know, the client just wants to speak to me. And that was why I ended up being so overwhelmed, so stressed, overworked, and, uh, you know, working crazy hours. And when I started to move towards actually learning to let go, to actually delegating more, to uh, creating the right uh, processes and systems for my team to follow so it wasn't reliant on me anymore, then things started to improve. I managed to get my time back. I was less overwhelmed. I was less stressed. I had less uh, work to do in the practice. And so what we're going to talk about today is how do we, how do we let go? How do we ensure that when we delegate that uh, we, you know, get as close to the end product of what uh, we're trying to achieve had we done it ourselves. So the first thing that um, I'll mention is the the ladder of accountability that I use with my team. So what this ladder of accountability does, and we, we have kind of an onboarding process where, you know, we've got it on our, on our notion board where, and in part of our kind of induction, if you like, process is, you know, taking the new starters through the ladder of accountability. And what this ladder of accountability is, is the, so if you imagine a ladder at the top, we say that you are accountable first and foremost to your clients. So what that does is that it focuses their minds on making sure that uh, everything that they do, that they are accountable to their clients. So, you know, in terms of you know meeting deadlines, in terms of service, in terms of response times, everything we do is focused on making sure the client is happy, is satisfied, is not just satisfied, but wowed with our experience. Because at the end of the day, if we've got happy clients and we've got clients that are wild by experience are more likely to stay and refer us to other clients and uh, and all the rest of it. So our team, first and foremost, are accountable to clients. Secondly, I tell them on this uh, ladder of accountability, you are accountable to your fellow team members, right? So even before you're accountable to me, I come last in the wrong. You're accountable to your fellow team members. So what that does is it inculcate this sense of team and uh, co-working and supporting each other uh, and helping each other out because we adopt uh, a results only work environment so my team can work when where and how they want as long as the work gets done uh, another episode on that uh, will come but essentially it, it it goes to show that you know whatever whatever they can do to and one of our core values is to is to support each other is to to share knowledge so in the, uh, in the same way that you would expect a team member to help you out you need to be uh, proactive and help uh, 
others out as well. And it's, it's kind of inculcated into our process. And we measure, measure this in the sense of every week, we don't do time sheets. We have, I use a tool called 15.5, which the team fill out every week and it gives us a pulse score on how they've been feeling that week. So they're just, you know, they press a button between one and five in terms of how they're feeling. But there's some other questions in there, which gives us some really good data and feedback every single week from the team. It takes them, you know, less than five minutes to fill out, but it's, it's a good way of getting that pulse of the team, getting them to answer a few simple questions to talk about what went well this week, what are your priorities for the coming week. And there's a couple of other questions which you can, you know, you can decide, customize whatever questions you add in there. And I have different ones depending on the theme of the year. So this year I'm asking, you know, every single week they get asked a question, what process did you write up this week? They get asked that question. So there's no getting around it. They have to answer it. They know that question is going to come up week after week after week. So they need to have an answer in there. So I've made it a, a, not an optional question. It's a compulsory question. So they have to answer it. And the more, you know, that comes as an automatic reminder. We obviously talk about it in our team meetings, but in case it gets forgotten, it's there as a weekly reminder when I open their 15.5 that they will be asked that question. So, uh, and, 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 uh, and another one that I ask is how did you, how did you help a team member this week? So they know they have to give examples of how they helped the team member this week. Another one, just uh, as a side note, is how are you proactive this week? So what we're doing there is we're focusing our team members, our employees' minds on the outcomes that we want to achieve. We're no longer fussed about the inputs. You know, when you are keeping timesheets, it's all about just the inputs, the input of time. But that is no, of no concern. And you're not really aligning your objectives with your client's objectives. With your fir- your, you're not aligning your team's objectives with your firm's objectives, your, your objectives of wanting to deliver great client service, of wanting to make, uh, you know, positive impact, of wanting to make sure that your team is gelling well together. So these questions we ask purposely as a way of constantly reminding our team of what is important. Well, I'm not fussed about the time that you spend because at the end of the day, I, you know, we're not keeping timesheets. They can work when, where and how they want as long as the work gets done. So we're focused solely on the results. So I want to see every week that, you know, examples of the kind of behavior, the kind of results that we want, that we know is going to lead to a, a close-knit, uh, effective uh, team, which essentially is, you know, driven and focused upon delivering uh, awesome client experiences. That's what we want. And so we work backwards and say, what kind of behaviors, what kind of processes and systems can we put in place to make sure that that is happening on a systematic basis? So that's one example of what we do. So going back to the, uh, I guess the headline of this is how do we learn to let go? You know, you're, you're doing everything at the moment. You maybe got one or two team members or more, but you still find that you are responsible for a lot of things that you are doing all the firefighting that, uh, you know, all client queries perhaps coming to you. You're responsible for reviews. It is possible to have a situation where you don't have to do literally anything. <laughs> okay, a bit of a far-fetched uh, situation for you maybe at this point in time, but I don't get, so just give an example of, 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 of what is possible. So I don't do any reviews now. One of my, my senior members of the team do accounts reviews, so I don't have to do it. I trust him enough just to sign the accounts off. Uh, I don't have to do, uh, I don't get involved in client contact anymore. Uh, very little. So I probably these days, I mean, I don't think I've had a conversation with a client for probably about uh, maybe a month or so. I mean, I've got, there's one or two clients who pay for access to me. So they are the ones who can 
uh, speak to me or message me if they like because they're paying for that access to me. It's a higher level package which they must have in order to access my, uh, in order to access, you know, my brain, uh, access to me as a sounding board, access to my expertise. Uh, but apart from that, only involving any client correspondence, any onboarding, I do do new client calls. I do, you know, I like to, I, I still enjoy that process. So I get, I'm still doing the marketing and the initial selling. But once the client is on board and that proposal is signed, then they're out. They're out and they're, they're onto the uh, client success manager, who's Karen, who does the onboarding and then onto the dedicated account manager to handle the relationship going forward. So. I remember, you know, you, you think perhaps, you know, when you come from a big firm that, you know, the client wants to speak to you and, um, you know, they must, they must hear from you and the email must come from you and the letter, if you're still using letters, must be signed off by you. But that's simply not the case because clients just want their questions answered. They just want their problems solved. They just want someone to be there when they need them. That doesn't have to be you. So we just need to put our ego aside and say that actually it doesn't matter. As long as we have a good team in place, as long as we have a team that can handle uh, clients, that can speak to clients, that can help clients with their queries, <clears throat> then the uh, you know client couldn't care less. Yeah, as long as you've got competent team members that can handle the client relationship, then let them run with it. And it's okay to, to, to let the, you know, and that helps your team members, it helps build them up. It gives them a sense, a bigger sense of, of purpose. They get more satisfaction because they are then have that direct client relationship. They are building up those connections and relationships with clients over time. You know, we've had, we've had a couple of members of staff have been with us for 25, 30 years and they've got such close client relationships now that they, that they get invited. No, I don't. They get invited to their, to the client's Christmas party or get invited for lunch or for dinner. You know, they get present from the clients on their birthdays and significant um, uh, uh, dates and things like that. So, and that's great because, you know, the more sense of fulfillment, the more, um, the more close that relationship is, the more likely it is that our team members will do you know, we'll make sure that they would deliver excellent client service. Now, they've, they've developed those relationships. They don't want to let the clients down. And that's what you want. You want to be in a situation where your team members feel and are directly accountable to clients that they don't want to let the clients down because, you know, you've got good team members. They're not, you know, no one wants to, no one wants to uh, be in the bad books or to let anyone down. They're going to do their best. So focus their minds on being accountable to your clients. You don't have to do everything. Let them directly communicate through email, through phone call. Let them manage the deadline. So I don't manage any deadlines. I, I was responsible for putting in a system that helped my team to gauge, you know, when the deadlines are rather than using a clunky Excel spreadsheet. So we have a system that the whole team uses. And now the team individually for their particular clients are responsible for managing their deadlines. If the deadline is missed through a fault of ours, then we will pay the fine and it will, you know, be, the team member will be responsible for that because, you know, they are responsible for their client. So, you know, directly, it's all about results. Focus your team on the results rather than the inputs, which is the time. And, uh, you know, the, the way to do that is obviously through, and, and mistakes will be made, but mistakes are fine because the mistake is only, it only happens as a result of one of two things. Either it's, there's a lack of uh, training or there's a lack of a process or a checklist. So a lack of training, if uh, someone makes a mistake, maybe they weren't trained to be able to 
provide that particular, you know, advice or do a particular uh, uh, piece of work because they didn't have the adequate training to do so, and that's why mistakes are made. Or uh, and that, therefore, the remedy in that situation is to make sure that that team member is providing more training in order for they uh, for them to be able to do the work to the standard that you expect. And the other is a lack of a process or a checklist. And this is really important. This is where most people fall down: is that they expect people to crack on and do the work to the standard that they expect and then they feel flummoxed and overwhelmed that they have to keep explaining things over and over again if you just wrote out a system or a process rather of how to do something and we have tools available like loom now where you can just record it so you don't have to write it down you can record it on a video you can do a screen share and all the rest of it which makes it so much easier to train people and to write down a process to make sure that things are done in the way that you want them to so when you have that, when you have that process written down, there is a high chance that your team member will be able to follow that process and do it in uh, as good as you would because you've written down or you've recorded a video and exactly how you do it. So that's why I'm obsessed about writing processes and getting the team to write processes on their clients. So if they're away, then someone else can just uh, come in and carry on where they left off and everything is written down and processed and... Uh, and that's really important. And, you know, uh, my whole, my whole business now, my, my other business, this, that the mentoring and coaching business, you know, we have a, a dashboard and everything, you know, I'm, I'm anal about writing things down, writing down a process. If I find we're doing things more than once, we need to write a process for it. I write down to the nth degree. So, you know, everything from, you know, how do we, um, you know, how to post a video on social media, how to, uh, you know, how to write, um, uh, how to upload a blog post, how to, uh, uh, you know, add an email into our email system. All these how-tos are written out. So, you know, if for whatever reason someone isn't around or we have a new member of the team come along, it's very easy for them to take on board the uh, uh, you know, take, uh, uh, start off where the other person left. So process is really important. There's lots of good tools out there that you can use to write up your processes. If you have a good practice management solution, then you can write up your processes in there. Uh, we use Notion because our practice management solution doesn't really do it that well. So we've created our Notion uh, in such a way that we have all our processes housed in there so anyone can access them at any time. So I'll leave you with that. Learning to let go and the art of delegation starts with communicating with your team and your employees about their accountability, first and foremost to clients, secondly to their team members, fellow team members, and last but not least to you. So I hope that helps you in uh, uh, delegating more and learning to let go. I, I'm in, uh, I'm a compulsive delegator these days to the point where I delegate out everything, you know, anything I have to do, even my own personal kind of uh, correspondence and stuff that comes in, you know, I just hand it over to Karen and say, look, you know, file away or any payments that have been made, Karen does everything for me. It just means that, you know, all these, you think it's just going to take you two minutes, but all these two minutes adds up. And there's so many two-minute, two-minute jobs that uh, remain within our inbox that we never really, and then that's why we never have the time to do the things that we want to do, because we're too busy doing all these little menial things that are administrative in nature that are not really maximizing our potential. You know, I, 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 never, I would never recommend you, you, you charge someone an hourly rate, but you should have a notional hourly rate for yourself to say, well, you know, I should only be doing work that is generating 
200 pounds, 500 pounds an hour. And that means that if, if you have somebody who you're paying a lower hourly rate to that can do that particular task, you should be handing it off to them. So anything lower than your target notional hourly rate should be delegated, outsourced. So you have the time and capacity to do your best work that's going to give you the highest level of uh, return on your investment okay because time is not a uh, it's not a resource it's a constraint so anything we can do that can take stuff off our plate and put it onto somebody else's at a lower uh, hourly rate than ourselves well, then we should be doing so. So I hope you found that useful. Let me know what your one big takeaway was. Message me on LinkedIn. If you have any other ideas of uh, topics that you want me to cover, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to add it to the list. Otherwise, take care, have a great day, and I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.